Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. This week we are talking about 1989's Puppet Master as picked by me, mostly because we had talked about 2, 3, and 4, but we never talked about the OG Puppet Master movie, and I think that there's some good in this. It's definitely not as good as 2 and 3, but... I don't know, man. I enjoy it quite a bit. I think it's got its own charm. I think that the series really got going with 2, and while I think that 2 is a more entertaining film and has more rewatchability. I really do like the original Puppet Master, but we talk about that all the time where it's kind of like a lot of the franchises didn't get their true footing in the first movie. You know, there's that kernel of an idea there or what it would eventually become, but I think Puppet Master is a great example because first Puppet Master is kind of schlocky. 
You know, yeah. like, I mean, there are sex mediums in it, which is, uh, you know, a pretty schlocky concept, <laughs> if you ask me. But it's like, it's just not... You know what it is? You know what it is? You can tell. So the story with Puppet Master, and this is this is me just going off of memory. So if it's completely wrong, just let me know on Facebook. But <laughs> from what I understand, I'm pretty sure Puppet Master was the first full moon picture oh. after Empire crumbled, right? So like... Charles Band had Empire Pictures, and they did, like, Dolls and Reanimator and From Beyond. But, like, financially, they crumbled, filed for bankruptcy. He starts Full Moon Pictures. And I'm pretty sure Puppet Master, if it's not the first movie that they made, it's definitely the first one where you can tell that they're like, we need to make this work. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's yeah. like, we need, like, there's a lot more, like, TLC put into this movie than a lot of the other full moon pictures that come out even a year or two later. Like this has the energy of this might be the only thing we get to make. <laughs> so let's like swing for the fences and hopefully we make something good enough that it finances, you know, 150 more movies. <laughs> and from they did, but it's also yeah. <laughs> a lot easier to finance 150 movies when they each cost, you know, $300 to make. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I got a house. I got a castle. And <laughs> I got a castle that's free to use. But, you know, I, I guess what I'm saying about Puppet Master is that it's not as over the top as the rest of the the, no. the, the franchise. Like, it's absurd in its concept because it's killer dolls. You know, like, that's... And, and you really do see a lot of the groundwork being laid for, like, all Full Moon pictures, as you're saying. Yes. Not just the franchise itself, but... It just feels like they were figuring it out, you know? And and I yeah. like that about this movie. I think that Puppet Master 2 is the entry that I have watched the most and will continue to watch. But I just have a soft spot for the original Puppet Master because it just seems like the only time when the puppets felt menacing, you know? I so here's the other thing with Puppet Master, and, and we talk about nostalgia a whole lot on this podcast because we yeah. are, at our core, a nostalgia podcast yeah. <laughs> above all else. But this movie could be trash, right? Like this movie, part two and part three, could be complete and total trash. And I think I would still love it for just how many hours before I was a horror fan that I probably spent looking at the box art to this movie and the two sequels in like the blockbuster when I was afraid to rent horror movies. Yeah. for There was something that drew my eye to these specific VHS tapes time and time and time again that like when I did start to get into horror, they were among the first ones that I was like, well, I got to rent Puppet Master. I got to know what's going on in those movies. And that's weird because I, I was just thinking like as I was about to get on for this episode, I was thinking... You know, I don't remember the first time I saw any of the Puppet Master movies. They didn't play on, like, sci-fi, oddly enough. Or if they did, I just missed them. But they didn't play on sci-fi. But I was acutely aware of Blade. You know, yeah. like, I, I knew what the concept was, and it creeps me out in a good way. You know, before I was actually watching horror, I was interested in these cases i remember seeing them in like elementary school like the vhs cases at, at the movie store or the box art you know and i loved the concept of killer dolls but i just don't think that i i was never interested in high school i didn't watch any yeah. of these i i don't think that it was until college 
that I even gave any of them a chance. And I think that I might have started with four. Yeah. You know, I don't think I saw the OG Puppet Master until like when you and I met. Not met, yeah. but like when when you and I became acquainted on Reddit. Well, be- yeah, I think because that we that watched. Was... I remember that we did Puppet Master three. It was one of the last Reddit Horror Club episodes, and then it was something that we released on the Horror Movie Night feed right. early on mm-hmm. to kind of get people into like, hey, this is kind of what we're aiming for. Like as we're finding our footing, this is like what we want to be every week, basically. And I think it was on that episode that you're like, I'm going to go back and I'm going to rewatch the entire Puppet Master franchise. That sounds and, right. And you, uh, and you, you sure enough did it, even though it, it stops being fun around four or five. But. Yeah, it stopped being fun at four. <laughs> One, two, and three, though, are very, very entertaining films in their own rights and for very different reasons. You know, like I just, <laughs> you know, one one feels like it's somewhat transgressive. Two is just fun and very, very silly. And then three yeah. is the tongue was so firmly in cheek that I think that it poked out of the cheek, you know? <laughs> exactly. Brian, I, I'm positive this was like Matt made you watch these type movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. I bought when I when I moved to Florida, I bought like the whole Puppet Master series for four dollars. <laughs> and I you overpaid. And I watched it and I was like, man, this first one's not as good. And I don't even think I brought it with me when I moved out of my halfway house. Like, I think I just left it there. <laughs> I have the the version that I watched of Puppet Master is on a DVD that I bought at Best Buy for, I want to say it was like $8. And it was the first 10 Puppet Master movies and the first three Killjoys on like four discs or something like that. Like, it was, it was a very cheap price for how many movies were on it and you know i watched three of those movies pretty regularly and the rest yeah kill joe one two and three right yeah exactly no i got to i think as i'm sitting up here in this loft i'm I'm pretty sure brian i think we rented and watched at least one of those up in this loft back when aunt lisa had like the pull-out couch up here and this is like where we would crash if we stayed at her house i know for a fact that i rented critters three and watched it up here like that is a memory that is like burned into my brain for some reason the only thing i remember is watching it on usa okay that's the one thing i remember oh usa was the one that would run puppet master yeah usa introduced me to a lot of franchise sequels like back Mm. when i didn't watch horror movies i still remember like being at my grandpa get parts and we turned on USA and like Halloween two was on. So we watched a little bit of that or like, I think the one time my mom was cleaning up the basement and we put on USA and it was October and like Jason takes Manhattan followed by Freddy's dead was on. And I was like, Oh, I'll, I'll yeah. They must've had like sweetheart deals where they, they got insane discounts if they would run the entire thing. Plus that's just such easy programming. You know? Well, they definitely did. They they did that often. One of the holidays was Planet of the Apes, and I'm pretty sure it was either Easter was Planet of the Apes or Easter was like the entire Bond movies. But that was like their thing. They would just show every movie. That was probably the last time when when you when me and Jade first went to Disney. So when she met the rest of the family the first time, which mm-hmm. was in March, we just watched USA because it was playing every single le- Leprechaun. For the for like the whole month, but it takes like 
three quarters of a day to watch every single leprechaun. Yeah. So like, it just was like this. I think every time we came home and turned it on, it was leprechaun three. Like I just kept <laughs> seeing leprechaun three. They just, they're getting that stuff for penny on the dollar. And, and so, and like Brian said, they're like, okay, well this whole month we have everything blocked off because we're going to play leprechaun, the leprechaun <laughs> franchise just 27 times a week yeah or something. <laughs> yeah i mean it's 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 clever it's not well no maybe clever isn't the right word word it's, it's um it's utilitarian <laughs> i was trying to be nice but yes it's it's, it's very fucking cheap i uh i, I want to talk about a few things in the movie because right now we're just kind of talking high level about why we love puppet master which is fine because it killed 14 minutes why you love puppet master well brian just <laughs> begrudgingly owned it for a little bit and was like forced to watch it first of all this movie starts off with some really decent squib work when Toulon shoots himself like I was like yeah man for a low budget movie they really nailed that squib shot well you know this is the thing that I think about constantly when we watch these older movies that have in camera effects you know it, you know practical stuff I feel like there were a lot of prop masters and special effects people that were easy to get in the late 80s into the 90s and they were all very good at what they were doing and so it's like yeah it looks incredible to us because we're used to cgi blood splatter now but at the time i feel like you could have you know thrown a dart and hit a, a prop guy in hollywood and so it's like yeah. Okay, and what do they learn? What do they learn first? Probably squib work because action yeah. films were so big in the 80s. I'm not trying to discount that shot because no. it's really I good. I think you're right, though, that that in 1980, there was like films where it was like 257 squibs used in like <laughs> a single fight scene. So, yeah, I guess that was definitely a skill that it's like, look, kid, if you can't do this right, we can't teach you nothing. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Like, there, there were only so many people doing things that were like, you know, decapitations and stuff, but every movie and every TV show had somebody getting shot. Yeah. Because this is America. So this so this movie also starts off with, you know, you see the usual suspect puppets, but then there's also like this Fu Manchu type puppet that's like keeping watch out the window, who I don't think I've ever seen again throughout the entire 14 film well, run. Well, what would his special power be? I have no clue. Apparently being a lookout. Yeah. <laughs> like he just sat by the window and was like, uh oh, things are coming. Which like also if Toulon has the ability I've thought about this for for way too long. If Toulon has the ability to put a soul into a puppet, like maybe maybe make the mouth mobile so that they, so could, they like, can speak. So they can communicate so that the You don't want to hear what the dead have to say. The only one that gets a retractable mouth is Leech Woman because she's just Got leeches nah, backed nah, into nah. her. Dude. You know, I, I, it's so funny that, that le they, and that's also another tick along with you, what you were saying, you know, kind of like more support for your argument that they were really, they were gunning for making this work when they did Puppet Master because they pulled out all the stops. Like they brought in Leech Woman. Of all of the Puppet Master characters, of all the puppets, I think the only one that I love that, isn't here is Torch. And Torch is just awesome because he burns a kid to death. Yeah. You know? I mean, I love Six Shooter. I really love Six Shooter in part three, but that's the last good yeah. puppet that they ever introduced. I know we talked about this way back when we did Puppet Master 3, but it's worth bringing up again. The idea that Leech Woman could kill anybody is 
absolutely hysterical to me because it takes her a solid two and a half minutes to get the first leech up. Well, but <laughs> he's the guy's having silly. fun though. He's he's like he thinks that his sex medium girlfriend is licking him. And that, you know, and but he's tied up to the bed. and I mean, I guess it makes sense if he's never felt a tongue on anything in his entire life. <laughs> like, I don't know, Matt. Maybe the question is, have you ever felt a leech on you? That's true. I haven't. Thank I goodness. saw Stand By Me at a certain age and said, that looks awful. Yep. You know, that's, <laughs> that is exactly the memory that I have, too. So I grew up around a bunch of cornfields and I grew up in a house that used to be an old farmhouse. So we had our plot of land and then all around it were cornfields. And then beyond that, there was a creek that was between some cornfields. And I would love, I always loved going down, walking the creek and taking a stick and like smacking plants and, you know, dumb country boy stuff as a child. Living your Tom Sawyer, Huck Finn Exactly. That creek, I always wanted to wade through it, but I never did because I was like, there are leeches in there. I don't know if there are actually leeches in there. But but you that, knew. But in your head, you knew. In my heart of hearts, I was like, there are <laughs> leeches there. And I remember that one scene from that one movie. I didn't know it was called Stand By yeah. Me at the time. And I, I don't want leeches on me. <laughs> things I hate are things that suck blood. So leeches, ticks, and mosquitoes. I've had and vampires. ticks and, mos- and <laughs> vampires. Thank you. Um, I forgot where I was for a moment. But here's the thing: is that I've had ticks and mosquitoes on me more times than I'd like to admit. They're fucking gross. I have never had a leech on me, and I would like to go the other half of my life. Let's just call. Let's just call this my midlife crisis here i would like to go another 40 years and not yeah, you want to go o for me. o basically yeah on yeah i want to bat a thousand when it comes to having a leech on me the only other thing that i want to talk about because i think it is one of the most iconic moments in the oh, you movie don't think that we need to talk about the plot because no one knows the plot of puppet master <laughs> yeah it's a bunch of killer puppets <laughs> that's the end of the story i want to talk about the tunner tunneler running underneath the bed sequence because that and Blade jumping down from the bed and chasing somebody are two images that thanks to like the full moon pictures, video zone images, like those are burned into my brain. I feel like any time that you're watching any compilation of like famous horror movie moments, like I think those two scenes even made it into those fucking boogeyman DVDs that were just like kill (laughs) compilations because it looks so, the stop motion looks so fucking good in those two parts yeah. in a way that they've never topped in the rest of this franchise no and that's what's so funny is that the stop motion got worse but maybe the stop motion got worse because as people were aging out from the old special effects skill sets into the more modern stuff in the 90s when this was you know becoming six seven eight puppet masters they had to get these old fuckers that were like i guess i can still do stop motion you know but but in 1989 well let's say 88 when this was being filmed they were like hell yeah you know they they still had that gusto it could be it could be that or (laughs) or hear me out here it could be that in 1988 charles band's like we got to make this thing look great 
But by like 1993, he's like, fuck it. They'll watch it. <laughs> and, and he was right. You know, he's like, let's just get a doll and just move it in front of the camera. A little it, it's let's give it a let's give every puppet master, even the worst puppet masters, a little more credit than what we saw in like elves. You know, Fair. nothing is as bad as that. There are absolutely points in Puppet Master where I'm reminded of the movie Ed Wood, where it's just like, <laughs> just uh, make it look like it's killing you. <laughs> like, it's just someone holding a puppet like, oh, no, <laughs> like, yeah, moving it the, around themselves. Remember, there was that long string of time where I would always talk about the Bruce Campbell school of fighting imaginary things. Yes. Yeah, that's that's what these it was. people didn't attend that school most of the time. No, no. But here are a couple things that are suspension of disbelief type things from the movie. The amount of shoulder pads, because a lot of them. I I lived through like I you know I, I lived through the eighties. I was a child, but you know like I remember women wearing massive shoulder pads, and I just because I lived through that doesn't mean that it doesn't still look absurd, you know? <laughs> um, so there's like shoulder pads in the movie. But there, there's something that really stuck out at me as an adult in this watch of it. Um, the the um, the medium, the not the sex medium, but the one with the southern drawl, that one, yeah. you know? Um, she's got like chicken feet that she's putting blood on doors with and stuff. And somebody comes up to her as she's burning some incense or something like that. And they go, "It's that's an interesting aroma. What is it? And she says, hickory and dragon's blood. Now, dragon's blood is the resin that comes out of a, a, a tree, I believe. And it smells fantastic. Like, my suspension of disbelief is completely destroyed when the first woman who asks, like, what is that, what is that, that you're burning? kind of like scrunches her nose and cowers away in disgust at the idea of smelling hickory and dragon's blood because that would smell amazing. <laughs> Good to know. I'll have to grab some dragon's blood. Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, festive podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie. And we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, 
or wherever else you may find your podcast. So let's dive into some double features real quick. I, I picked this one, so I'm going to go with the laziest answer possible. Dolls. Dolls, which I think is, is the, lazy. The, I, it's Matt the start Kelly. of what became Puppet Master. <laughs> I'm, I'm disappointed in you. Do better. <laughs> I, I am going to do better. That's my job here. Um, I'm going to go with a movie that will probably make an appearance on this show at some point in the uh, next year or so, Curse of Chucky. I really liked it when I watched it that one time for Reddit Horror Club. I don't know if it still holds up after watching so many of the other Child's Play movies for, for this show, but they both take place in abandoned hotels, So and they have killer dolls. So to me, sounds like a good time. Fair enough. Brian, I know you're like... <laughs> barely clinging to the world of the living, but do you have a double feature for Puppet Master? Dollman versus the demonic toys. <laughs> what is something that we have watched, listened to, talk, whatever that we want to talk about. Um, I actually went and checked out a newer movie called The Eyes of Tammy Faye, which, oh, yeah. which is directed by Michael Showalter. It's definitely way more of him doing a drama than a comedy. And it's uh, produced and starring Jessica Chastain and Andrew Garfield. It's really good. I really think Jessica Chastain is probably going to get nominated for something. She does a fantastic job in the role. Really, like, humanizes Tammy Faye Baker. I mean, you never know with these films how much is, like, based on truth or not. Really does kind of set it up where it's like, no, Jim Baker was the asshole in this relationship. And she was, <laughs> yeah. like, blissfully unaware of everything that was happening. But, yeah, it's worth seeing. It's a good movie. It's definitely going to get nominated for something. Have you guys been watching the new season of What We Do in the Shadows, the third season? Yeah, mm -hmm. boy. I don't know how that show continues to be fun, but it does. I mean, <laughs> I, I love what we do in the shadows, and it's still funny. I mean, all the jokes are the same fucking jokes every episode, <laughs> but for some reason, I just have a blast every single time. The Atlantic City episode specifically destroyed Man. me. I love that episode. <laughs> Man, it, that was so good. Although, I gotta say that I think that the previous episode before that was the one that I laughed the hardest at. <laughs> Gale, yeah, and and that, but it's it wasn't really Gale that was making me laugh. It was the fact that Guillermo was just like getting out of his cage. You know, <laughs> yeah. he was just like, is that yeah. also is that the same episode with uh, the car? Where they're trying to get the car out yeah, of the library. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is a really good episode. But we won't say anything more because I want Brian to find some time in his busy life to watch the five episodes that have come out so far. <laughs> have you gotten a chance to watch or listen or do anything? So, yeah, last night I was very sick. So I laid on the couch and we started watching uh, Midnight Mass. We watched like the first three episodes of Midnight Mass. And it's fucking good. It's really <laughs> fucking good. That's uh, Mike Flanagan's. You know how he's doing something every year? Yeah. We're like, that's his, that's this year. I mean, I know I'm probably the minority in this podcast and probably the group as well, but I was very underwhelmed by Bly Manor as a whole. So this is a nice change of pace. This is back to being spooky and not like a, hey, a love story involving ghosts. Like, See, not that it was I, a bad show. I just didn't want to watch Casper. I. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't think you're a minority in that. I think I'm one of the only people that thought Bly Manor was better than Hill House. But that's because Matt loves love. I do love love. Correct. But I, I think the other thing was, and I've said this a million times, Hill House was like 
watching a very stressful drama about like lives falling apart. Bly Manor was like a horror version of watching like Great Brit- British Baking Show where I'm just like, I just want to live in this world with these delightful people who just happen to possibly be ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, they're just so, so charming. Like there was no scares. It was just like a lovely family of, of good hearted ghosts. Yeah. Uh, and I did for Spooky Season. I haven't read either of them yet. I decided that I had slightly made a little bit more money than I thought I was going to make this month. So I, I spent a whole whopping $20 at the local bookstore to pick up The Turning of the Screw and the original uh, Hill House story so I can read those in October. Uh, I'll have to check out Midnight Mass. I didn't realize that that was like in place of the Haunting of series. So I'll... Uh, I'm assuming... I mean, it's Mike Flanagan and it's got a bunch... So my only complaint for it, which I'm just going to put out there now, is he he likes to use a lot of people from like Hill House, right? So there's like a lot of people there, but due to like the ages, it's a lot of like 40 year olds with prosthetics to look like they're 80, (laughs) which is annoying. But Scott, you would like it. It's like church spooky. And although it's not a period piece, it's like one of those like white trash shanty towns. So like it is a period piece because that town hasn't like progressed in 30 years. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, but we'll be back next week with even more horror movie night because it is fucking close to Halloween. So I think we're going to talk about something related to Halloween. Just saying. And (laughs) we'll be back with more horror movie night. Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.